Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is an empowerment specialist, someone who has always known that they wanted to do something to help people take full control of their life, help them on their spiritual awakening journey, achieve their goals, go above and beyond, and just be the best version of themselves, unleashing their hero within. Welcome to the Relationship Guy podcast, Nadia Bajrami. Hi, John, and hello, everybody. Thank you very much for having me here today. You're very, very welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, obviously, uh, just a brief introduction to you then, if you can tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you help people. Yes, yeah, so I'm Nadia. I live in Dublin now. I've traveled the world. I'm French by birth, so I speak a few languages, and that led me to a few different countries and meeting different cultures as well and really gave me a very, very nice taste of helping people of whatever the culture is, wherever you go, people always, I've noticed that people always needed someone to talk to, someone basically to help them empower themselves. And this is why I always say I am an empowerment specialist to help people through my hypnotherapy, mind coaching, a bit of law of attraction as well, coaching, as well as my mediumship. So I blend all this and I help people in my unique way. I don't always do things by the book. (laughs) So depending on the person that needs help and comes to me, I will just choose a mix of everything. Because at the end of the day, what I really firmly believe is, you know, as long as you're of service to people, that's the main thing. That's a great philosophy, isn't it? I mean, the the thing, the thing is, like you said, you can, when you work with someone, you see what they are bringing to you. Yeah. Rather than having a specific approach, you can then tailor all of your experience, all of the things that you know, to give them the best service possible. Yes, absolutely. Everybody, I mean, everybody's unique. So, I mean, you cannot reuse anything. Generally, I don't believe with anyone. So it's really someone contacts me and then I just see how I can help them, basically, mm-hmm. in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the same with my, my approach. is a fusion of like coaching, counselling, NLP. I'm also a qualified hypnotherapist, psychology. You know, so whatever someone brings, it's 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 great to be able to dip into your toolbox yeah. and bring out whatever you need in order to help that person. So tell me, how did you, how did you get into this? Um, journey and into empowerment with helping people what made you decide to go down that route no um right I don't want to bore everybody to tears (laughs) let's keep it short (laughs) no basically um I'll come on to the relationship side as well because everything is really linked here as I lost my dad when I was nine and I took over uh, from cancer so I've been told it was getting better and obviously my family tried to protect me and then since that age actually nine years old I took on the role of looking after everybody, basically friends, family, romantic partners, etc. Mm-hmm. And something just came throughout the years that people always came to me to feel better, always came to me to talk, always came to me to get guidance. Mm-hmm. And that just came naturally from a very young age. And I'll come back to this, you know, later on during the, the, um, the podcast. But then what really triggered the fact that I wanted to do to have this as a career, really follow my true calling was that I had brain tumors in 2015, uh, three brain surgeries. And I promised myself that if I was to pull through and survive, 
I would put my life back on track and do what I really love, which I knew was to help people in some way of some shape or form, really. So I used to be a sales director, worked in the corporate world for years. And that was great, you know, but uh, it's not what really, I would say, made my heart sing. I knew there was more out there. And when I recovered, I said, right, get your acts together, woman. You have a chance now to basically become who you're always supposed to be. And that was in June 2015. And then I decided to try hypnotherapy on myself. Never did before. Met a wonderful hypnotherapist in France back then. And she always say she helped me and she keeps saying, she just helped me help myself. Yeah. And that helped me a lot on the relationship side, which we'll cover later on, but also on pushing myself to go and see who you really are. You know, because I don't think there's anything more important in life than getting to know who we are. When I do coaching with people, the first question I ask them is go home and write about who you are. Because there's no need in trying to work at something if you don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. And that was my my point in 2015. So did a, a lot of hypnotherapy, actually. The mindfulness as well, started meditating at that time. And after about a year and a half, wanted to go abroad again. I lived in Scotland for a number of years and I lived in Russia. And I was getting ready to come back to the UK. But then I had an offer in the company in Dublin. And I said, oh, Dublin, why Dublin? <laughs> I really want to go to Ireland. I don't know Ireland. I want to go back to the UK. Yeah. But uh, I said, okay, let's follow the sign. There must be something for me in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Came in Ireland, trained uh, as a hypnotherapist, a coach, and really le- left all, I mean, all my spiritual abilities to unfold as well. You know, allowed myself right. to be who I, who I think I really am anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's, that's what led me here. And so then I started my practice about two years ago now. And that was it, really. That's really what triggered me is I had the chance, I survived. I said, let's make something out of your life. That's, 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 it's a shame that it took it, it took uh, three, three operations on your brain tumor to, to, I guess, great. it's a great experience. And you were able to tell yourself Actually, I'm getting a second chance here. Yeah. I, I've pulled through this and now I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do something that, yeah. that comes from the heart rather than maybe from the head. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and just something I didn't mention, just when I, a couple of years ago as well, I trained as a wedding planner okay. <laughs> and manager because I, I knew I wanted to help people in some shape or form. Right. So I said, right, let's try wedding planning. I don't know how, but I did a bit of that and I really enjoyed it, but I just knew there was something out there that something mm. different. That's what led me to the therapy and the coaching. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's that's great seeing the outcomes from somebody's <laughs> wedding day. But I don't think it's as I don't think it would be as fulfilling as being able to help people to um, completely change their lives. And then nope. that's the journey that you went on. So how, what, what yeah. was your journey to changing your life? So you, you had the tumors before that. Were you into sort of self-development? Absolutely. For years, I mean, I was very fortunate. I lost my dad very young, but I had an older brother who was very much into self-development, had, you know, hold some, he was holding some seminars in France. And from a very young age, he actually taught me about the power of the mind. Right. So okay. like probably when I started yeah, to be not even high school, even before that, mm. I read about, you know, the power of the mind, the power of like positive thinking, the placebo effect. I mean, so many different things, you know, they yeah. actually threw at me and said, 
you need to understand that you can actually change your life at any stage. So don't, you know, if you don't feel happy, if you're not comfortable with something, don't settle. Just, you know, try again mm. and really follow what, you know, what you really think is for you. And he helped me from a very young age to, to go and really dig into within, you know, even though I wasn't on the right professional path or even like personal path, but the person development was around me from a very young age. And that's also what led me to go and ask for, for help with the hypnotherapist, you know, the subconscious right. mind. Yeah. I've always been passionate about it. Yes. Okay. It's amazing that you had that influence from an early age. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's not something that most of us experience, no. is it? Where we, no, most of us was, go through yeah. life sort of trudging along, doing what we think we're supposed to do or what we're expected to do and don't have any kind of inkling that actually we have a choice and a say within a, which way our life goes. But that's amazing that you had that from an early but age. But it's very, just funny you say this, because in my in my situation, I've been very fortunate my family. I mean, unfortunately, I lost my father, but my family always knew there was more out there for me. You know, it's, yeah. it's I didn't know, but they knew. So that yeah. was a very funny thing. And all the choices that I made, they were not surprised because to them, that was just natural. That's, that's mm-hmm. what should have really happened. Right. So, yeah. They saw your pathway before you did. Absolutely, yeah. And what was that? How did that influence you? Do you think losing your father? You said you became the person and looked well, after. Well, I did, but I took this role, and this is uh, this is what influenced my own relationships as well. This is why I said everything is actually interlinked here. Yeah, my true calling, and why I'm doing this because when when my dad died, obviously it's you know you don't expect is your ten people are telling you well nine mm. ten is going to be fine. They sent me on a school trip actually. So I didn't know he was dead already in hospital. So they didn't want me to see all this. And okay. then when I came back, it was, I felt, you know, you, you're a child, so you feel a bit betrayed as well because you think everybody's lying to me. Mm. Like I've been told, you know, he was getting better. Yeah. And I, I, I'm the baby of the family. So my father, yeah. I was like my father's treasures and my mother's as well. Right. But uh, after that, what happened is my mom, obviously, you know, a bit of, hard time as well to cope mm-hmm. but we, we we went we get there in the end uh, with my brother and sister and but what happened a shift happened at that stage i said right he's gone there's nobody else that can you know that can help us now so i have to do something for for the people i love and mm-hmm. that was only 10 and i carried that throughout all my life with my friends with my romantic partners as well right. so i kind of that i had that feeling of i need to fix people's life I need to help them in case something happens to them. You know, I had that okay. something in probably in the back of my mind that we can't keep people forever. Yeah. But also, well, don't get attached to people too much because anyway, they leave you. You know, that thing of yeah. it's not going to last anyway. Right, so okay. why bother? You know that. Yeah. So your fear of fear of fear of what you might lose. <laughs> Abandonment, really. I think we can call it that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what then... That fear of loss, is that why you then became the, the carer, the, the person in service, because you needed to give? Yeah. Were you trying to keep them safe in some way, do you think? It, well, I think it is because I I felt at the time that my safe space, my bubble, you know, my safe bubble just burst because mm. I said, okay, like dad was providing, you know, like not just providing, but looking after us. And, you know, I mean, he taught me as well, very young, you never let anyone tell you that because you're a girl you can't do something you know I played football when my like it was I was a tomboy (laughs) so he actually pushed me to really do whatever I wanted from a very young age and then when when that obviously disappeared as I said my family but then I felt right we can't be like people that we love 
are going to leave us, you know? So yes, I didn't feel safe. I think something really was missing at the time. And I said, I need to look after other people. But at nine, 10, nine, 10 years old, something that shift happened. And then I became an adult, unfortunately, you know, that thing of instead of having my childish emotions and maybe processing, I became the adult. So I helped my mother. I actually then helped my um, years late, a couple of years later, helped my the sisters children because they're like they really older than me my brother and sister right i actually helped raise them their kids i helped them when i then started working help them with university fees and etc so i always had that kind of i need to provide for them basically i need to replace my father which shouldn't have been my place at the time you know you Mm -hmm. can't replace when you're 10 you can't take all this in you and then you i never cried Mm -hmm. i even cried and when i've been told that my dad died because i said crying is weakness so I looked after everybody else and created probably a safe space for them, yes? Because I became the go-to person. And nowadays, you see, things are different. But if we need to make any decisions, people will come to me and my family. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it just stayed like this. So. Yeah, definitely. And again, this is the role that you're in in your career now as well, isn't it? Is yeah. You are in a role where people come to you because they need help. They need some answers, they need some solutions, maybe even Absolutely. need to feel safe in their own life. Um, and it's interesting, like you said, that, that experience made you grow up overnight. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just it's like <clears throat> the morning before you're a child, the evening after you're an adult, you know, and then obviously there's there's more, you know, there's the relationship side that then my true calling, what I've done, but it's also the grief. I work a lot with grief. Yeah. And it's that I never grieved really. It took no. me until actually three years ago to process the fact that my dad died and mm-hmm. it's it's fine to cry and it's fine to grieve and it's fine to talk about my dad yeah and like it took nearly 30 years not right. 30 but nearly to to be able to grieve as well yeah okay that's interesting because you had people around you that were supporting you and could see that yeah. you that you could do good things in your life that self-development was a big thing but mm-hmm. nobody nobody helped you through your grief at that time because nobody like I don't know how this happened, and it's very interesting, and it's a great opportunity for me to talk about it as well, but it, it was a bit of a taboo in some way, you know, something we couldn't talk about because okay. they knew that, right, she seems to be okay with it, kind of she can cope, you know, mm-hmm. but I think they knew I couldn't, but they didn't really want to trigger anything because every time they tried to talk about my dad, I just shut off and said, no, I don't want to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And I was getting overwhelmed, you know, Yeah. and then as just years went by, I just said, okay, people never really bothered. And mm-hmm. they always wait now until I speak about my father, which now I can do, yeah. you know? Yeah. But uh, it was that kind of, they helped me around everything else. But uh, I always knew that that was the, the center of who I, I was becoming as well. Yeah, yeah. And I always felt guided by my, by my father as well. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know? But it is, I think grief is a... It's a personal process, as we all know, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it can take 30 years to actually finally to to get it out of your system. Well, it it was a bit of a tragic thing as well. I'm not going into this, but he died from cancer. But my parents are from former Yugoslavia. I was Mm. born in France, but when my dad died, the war was, you know, in Yugoslavia, and he wanted to be buried over there. So my brother had to take him over there. And and there's a lot of trauma in the family as well, you know, when you have to go through that. And then the grave got destroyed, so we don't even know where he's buried. Right. You know, there's a lot of like, yeah, 
I mean, as years went by, there was a lot of mini traumas as well. And I said, okay, I don't yeah. want to go there. I just, I want to just move yeah. forward. And and I guess that that's really difficult then to process your grief at that point, because there's yeah. nothing, there's no kind of concrete and that's right. uh, thing for you to then refer back to, or like you said, for you to say goodbye to him properly and yes. go visit him and this, and, and you just pushed your grief down and until you were kind of able to face it uh, in, your, in your older life. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And, and that affected my relationships, obviously. Yeah. So let's, let's get onto those relationships. You, you kind of intimated to that a few times. Yeah. Um, so that, how did that manifest in the relationships you then went on to? Well, now I'm finally again, that started about two years ago. I'm finally um, ready to acknowledge it. <laughs> right. Because when you go through life, you don't always, I mean, sometimes, you know, I think deep down we all know. But we're not always ready to acknowledge, you know. Mm, yeah. So how did this affect my life? No surprise. All my partners were older than me. Yeah. So that was like again, I know now without going into you know positive psychology and basic psychology of you know, mm-hmm. like looking for your father through through other men. Probably there was mm-hmm. you know something. So you you idolize the fatherly figure and you think you'll find that same figure through someone else, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. My partner were always old, older, sorry. But um, the thing is, from the outside, <laughs> lovely people, nothing wrong with them, you know. Mm-hmm. But I always attracted, again, the type of men I needed to help right. in some way. People who needed, who needed me. You know, I think mm-hmm. I said before, um, I needed to be needed because right. I was the fixer, you know, yep. family, friends. Mm-hmm. And I created that... Because, I mean, we are energy beings. You know, we attract what we project anyway. Yes, so yeah. I did attract what I was vibrating at, which was people who yeah. took me for the mother, <laughs> who took me for their sister. I had all case scenarios, you know. Yeah. Very, very close with the mothers, with the sisters. And then, oh, Nadia, she, oh, oh, God, she's just like mom. Or she's just like my sister. Right. And then I created this kind of, you know, codependent. Yeah. If I may use the word relationships of, oh, they rely on me for their emotional needs. They rely on me for the well-being, mm-hmm. and you feel needed. You know, yeah. you feel validated in some way as well, mm-hmm. but as not not as much as needed. And yeah. then I I I said, oh, these people, and that's very interesting. And it's it's I don't say this very often, but these, these men are weaker than me, you know. And that that kind of thing in my mind, I can control them because they need me, so they won't yeah. leave me. There's, you no know, abandonment, there's no abandonment issue there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but they won't need, you know, they won't no. leave me because they will yeah. need me. It's, you know, safe. That, that, it's safe for you to be in that relationship. Absolutely. But they need you more than, yeah. well, they need yeah. you to look after them, but actually your need to be needed is quite significant yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just quickly before we move on, if you want to know more about codependency, please do refer back to the Relationship Guy podcast episode about codependency. Um, yeah, so carry on. So those guys that you were choosing were older, so there was a kind yep. of fatherly type Absolutely. figure. Absolutely, yeah. But actually, they weren't father figures, were they? You because you were kind of parenting them. Exactly, exactly. Then this is the interesting thing: is to me, it was now with my therapist background, I can say yes, I was looking for a fatherly figure because mm. I was missing that. But the people then I end up ended up with were actually people who needed to be looked after. You know, but that that's kind of um unhealthy to me, unhealthy relationship because Very then unhealthy. you're yeah. looking for something 
that could remind you of something you had, but at the same time, these people need for you to look after them. So again, I reproduce the same pattern, mm -hmm. you know, of, oh, don't worry, I'll fix, you know, I'll basically be between the lines is I'll fix your life, you know, yeah. and nothing wrong with the people that lovely careers, you know, like on the material side, nothing wrong, mm -hmm. but on the emotional side, I mean, I think we all broken at some, you know, to some extent, but I think the word they were even using themselves, like broken, you know, broken souls. Or, yeah. And then I had this to, oh, I can fix it. Yeah. And then I never had any issues with my, any of my in-laws. Everybody always loved me because mm -hmm. I looked after the sons, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I looked after the whole family. But right. at the end of the day, who looked after me? There mm -hmm. you go. That's a big question because then you think. Well, and I think that's the thing, like you said, from your childhood, it wasn't you weren't really looked after, were you? Because everyone thought you were coping. Everyone thought mm. you were okay. You took up the role of the carer, the one that made sure mm. that everybody else was okay, maybe based on your need to keep them safe because you'd already been, yes. in inverted commas, abandoned by your father. Um, and then as you got older, you just slipped into that role. Friendships as well as... Um, yes, as the well. same with the friendship. I had yeah. like... A the same, I had a friend, like, I nearly paid the wedding as well. You know, it's all these kind of things I'm right. going to provide for you all. But, I mean, it wasn't in a, not in an assistic way. Or it was just, mm. I think I needed it. You know, I said I needed to be needed. So then if people needed me, then I was happy. In a, now I can say this. Obviously, you would have told me this five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never accepted this, you know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Especially as, as, as that seemed like it was also a way that you managed your grief. I mean, for, yes. for that, that pain for you to experience as a 10-year-old, you managed your grief by turning your attention to helping others, didn't you? So absolutely. I guess yeah. that was such a powerful drive for you to keep that going because then again, you probably didn't need to face your grief either. Exactly. I was actually going to come to this is when you look after people, mm. well, I always say to, to my friends now here, it's when you look, when you spend your time I mean, you need, you need to be good and kind to people. You know, that's mm, my philosophy. Sure. But when you just forget about yourself, you know, when you basically try to pour from an empty cup, is it, it's unhealthy because then all your energy is sent to other people. And mm. then it's a bit selfish, actually, because then you forget, oh, I have no time to think about myself. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm too tired. I need to look after. And then again, you make excuses. I need to look after this person, this person, after work, whatever, to escape from yourself basically that's how i see it you know mm. yeah so how do you how do you fill your cup now around relationships what do you now, do? Yeah, what are your no, relationships think, like now no i'm single now <laughs> <laughs> no why no no because <laughs> it took me a long time to understand all this yes. so the thing now before before coming to ireland i've never been single like since early adulthood to mid-30s yeah. I've always been in relationships. Okay. I've never really, from one relationship to another, the breaks were always very short. Yeah. Now, when I came to Ireland and decided to really understand who I was, my path, get my acts together around me, I said, well, even wise now to go <laughs> into another relationship because I didn't think I healed, you know? And again, I don't think we ever really heal. Mm. It's a process. Healing is a process. And um, on purpose... Uh, not that I couldn't be in a relationship, but on purpose, I didn't want to actually be in a relationship until I felt that I could bring something to the relationship, you know? And this time I'm going to use this. Not that only the other people could bring me something, but that 
I could really bring something healthy to the relationship and yeah. they can bring me also something healthy, mm. which is I don't need someone to be happy. You don't need me to be happy. Yeah. But if we're together, we can be even super happy. You yeah. know? Yeah. So you're That's, both happy. You're both happy in your own space and in your yeah. own selves. But when you can come together, you can actually double that by absolutely being yeah. in a happy space together. So that's 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 was on purpose. <laughs> so and now, well, here you go. And now I think I am uh, ready anyway to go back into. Not I don't like to see the dating world because that seems a bit weird. But uh, just you know, my vibes are a bit different. So probably at some stage, you know, I will attract something that is more compatible with who I am, you know? Now. Yeah, and I guess if you're putting out that energy that you've worked on yourself, that you've kind of let go of those mm. ties from the past which have led you to be in a lot, lots of codependent mm. relationships, mm. Um, now you can have uh, an independent relationship. Absolutely, because <clears> this <throat> happened as well when I came to Ireland, you know, I saw the pattern again. I had. I said, no, 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 don't yeah. go even there, Nadia. Okay. <laughs> the universe was testing me. I said, no, I am not doing it anymore. <laughs> And how did you how did you become aware of that? How did you know that you were falling the, the people that you were meeting when you got to Ireland? How did you know that you were falling straight back into that well, routine? Hypnotherapy has been tremendously helpful for me, I have to be very honest. Uh, mm. so before I came here, I had quite a few sessions on special one codependency and other like grief. So it opened my eyes as well, you know, to say, right, there is a problem. You have a pattern, Nadia. You know, there is a problem with your relationship. So mm. stop like avoiding it. There is something wrong. So when I came to Ireland again, I made I like I met a few people, but the same type again, you know, same kind of, I mean, same age, same kind of situation, and I said I can't do this, you know, like <laughs> just for the, I, I'll make you laugh for a second. <laughs> I met a, I met a person here in Ireland when I came, and just kind of saw each other a few times as friends, lovely, the Irish person. And then one weekend, he just invites me to his place to have a drink. I said, right, let's go. You know, you're an adult. He's an adult. Let's do it. Yeah. Have, you know, get to know the person. And then when I arrived at the door, <laughs> a woman opened the door. You know, she she was cooking. Like, she, she had an apron on. And I thought, a stupid me at the time, maybe he has a maid. You know, I don't know. That's maybe his maid. <laughs> I was like, my God, he's got a maid. Yeah. But then when I, <laughs> when I came into the house, I realized that it was kind of a trap. He wanted me to meet his parents already. You know, and again, <laughs> you know, as a marriage material, I was marriage material. So when I got asked about the meal, when I was actually going to move in with their lovely son, you know, they wow. were so happy. And I went to another one and I said, Jesus Christ. I said, Please. And now I was like, I'm not doing this again. Was there a burn mark left on the carpet because you got out of so quickly? <laughs> so I said, that's it. So I said, okay. You've tested me, people. I'm not doing it again. I'm not falling for this again. You know, the same environment, lovely person, families again. They, they like you already. They don't even know you, but they like you <laughs> because they think you're going to look after the sun. And I said, I'm not going there anymore. <laughs> That's it. He was already then attracted to your nurturing <laughs> energy, right? And he wanted you to come in and look. Because I guess if he's introducing to his parents who are looking after him, I guess he would then maybe need looking after by you too but well honestly yeah. because the first thing that the parents said throughout the meal and that's it's so uncomfortable i said well i can't run away now i have to go through the meal now mm. <laughs> so <laughs> was it a well, nice meal <laughs> yeah well it wasn't too bad yeah but i think i was i felt so bad i just wanted to run away but yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah because the, the mother kept saying oh you're gonna look after you know my son oh we're so happy he deserves to be happy again mm. all about 
Yeah. You know, you now you're going to look after him and make and him I happy. Said, that's yeah. it. And that was really the trigger, I have to be very honest. That's yeah. it. Like, and my friends laughed about this story now, yeah. you know, but that's it. I'm and not this was like this. a second date. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, right, okay, Nadia, go and fix yourself. Stop the pattern. Mm. I mean, as I said, it's, it's a process. You know, mm. we always have our coping mechanism, as you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, and security sometimes as well but I said that that's it like that's yeah. the last drop I'm not gonna yeah. go there again and since then I mean I have been like officially single so and I'm very happy by the way <laughs> happier than ever <laughs> <laughs> well I guess it must be very refreshing isn't it because being Absolutely. single you've got all this time to like, continue this self-development but Absolutely. you're 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 keeping your cup constantly full aren't you because everything you're doing is for you at the moment. So yeah. it's teaching you how to look after yourself, how to make sure that you're keeping your energy levels up. It's giving you that focus on the kind of person you want to be with. And I guess now you're going to notice if you meet someone that starts to take from your cup too much, right? Because you're Absolutely. used to having a, having being in a healthy space. You're going to notice if someone starts to influence you, maybe in a way that might take you down an unhealthy path. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, I work with self-love, you know, what I focus on with my clients are really mm. confident, self-love, self-esteem, worthiness. Yeah. So, I mean, all these years have all allowed me to, as you said, fill in my own cup and realize how worthy I am. Mm -hmm. So obviously now, you know, you also have to practice what you preach. I practice this now because I preach it to my clients, yeah. but I also need to, you know, practice it in my own life. Yeah. And that, that's a couple of years have allowed me to fill my cup in, yes, mm -hmm. and to realize that, okay, I don't need anyone to be to feel whole and complete, and they yeah. shouldn't need me to feel whole and complete. But as you said before, then the two people meet together, and you feel even more like a super complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like to look at it that, that you don't need someone to complete you; you just need them to compliment you. Compliment you, absolutely. Yes. And you can be complete as a person within yourself. We yes. are we are a connected species, so we do need connection in order perhaps mm. to feel whole in a way because you know it, we wouldn't have survived if we weren't a connected absolutely species. yeah but, you know you can feel absolutely great within yourself without the need for anybody else although your life will never be as completely happy and fulfilling as it could be if you don't have those positive connections as well absolutely yeah but you're not going to get those positive connections if you're still dabbling around in those negative patterns and things codependency mm. whatever you've learned uh, in yeah. your early relationship experiences which are stopping you from finding that you know, healthy space within yourself and then those complementary relationships and i can feel the change already because now you know when you go out now that covid here in ireland the restrictions have eased so you feel when you go out mm -hmm. the people we meet are more interesting already you know it kind of like you have nice conversations you know people see more balance to me yeah <laughs> you feel right something has definitely changed because i can feel it even yeah. you know in my my friendship in Ireland is totally different i've met my soulmate my friendly soulmate we are doing some business together as well and we've built a lot together over the last couple of years and i can see it already in my friendship you know that mm -hmm. it's totally different and it, as you said it's completing me you know like yeah. we just we're just adding to each other's value basically you yeah know? yeah that's the that's the way it, it yeah needs to be for it to be a, a healthy relationship and occasionally when someone's not in a great space it's okay for you to give <laughs> we're not saying that you don't give to people oh, it's I just agree. to be yeah. done from a space of of that you're healthy enough to give I, I, that's a lot i say to my clients who talk about being selfish and not putting themselves first 
And I say, imagine what you can give to someone if you're in a really good space. If you're in a really terrible space or you're running out of energy and feeling depleted, you've got much less that you can actually give anyone anyway. So if you get yourself into a really healthy space, as best place as you can get into, you've got so much more to offer anyway, haven't you? Absolutely. Well, I mean, again, it's very funny you say this because I say the same to my clients. You know, it mm. is not selfish, but people don't get it. It's, we've been brought up to always look after people. That's, I mm. think, it's the, it's the way, you know, the upbringing is. Yeah. But what nobody teaches you is there is so much you can give. And then at some stage, you know, you'll get tired, depleted, angry resentful because mm. oh they're not even grateful for everything you're doing for them you know because yeah. you're so empty you know your cup is empty mm. now if you keep yourself if you keep your cup full what will happen is you will give to people in that healthy way because i'm a very caring person yeah. that won't change you know that's who i am yeah. and i don't intend to change no. but now i can say okay no i'll do everything the person needs you know with with the energy i have if i feel no today i'm sorry I can't do it. And I will say it. In the past, I had big problems saying no as well, you know, yeah. because no was, oh, they need me. I cannot say no. No. But, but it wouldn't have been your vocabulary, would it? You wouldn't have known how to say no to it. Absolutely. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have met your need to say no. And I mean, now, when I help people, or whatever, not just like clients, it's different, but like like even, even mm. you know, my personal life. I mean, you feel, people feel the benefits. And I feel benefits from being with mm. them as well. Because as I said, we actually fill each other's cup. Yeah. which to me is that balanced and healthy way how it should be done. You know, like mm. there might be a morning I feel down because we're human beings. We are just yeah. emotional beings mm-hmm. for, for different reasons, you know, issues, worries, whatever. This moment our friends, our partners, our colleagues might be down as well. That's yeah. fine. But then as long as we stay into the healthy zone of we'll help each other, but like I'm not going to help someone at my own expense, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I guess the good thing about that, what you said earlier on is – noticing that you're giving for giving sake you're not actually giving to receive absolutely you're not in what they call get energy you're, you're just giving because that's part of who you are as a human being you want to give to people just something that you mentioned there to touch, touch on was that if it's not appreciated if people are not reciprocating i guess depending on the relationship is to whether you still keep giving to somebody because again it's up to you to decide whether that's a healthy space for you or not yeah. But actually, if someone's not reciprocating or if someone's not appreciative of the fact that you're there for them, what do you do with those now? Because I guess in the past, you were giving, 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 and the people were taking, 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 and they probably weren't giving you much in return. And that's that's another super question, actually. I like it. <laughs> yes, in the past, definitely, that went beyond my head, you know, because it was like, I just gave, you know, and it doesn't yeah. matter. It was that, again, neediness, you know, I mm-hmm. needed to be need, needed. But now, now I speak up, you know, funnily enough, like something very simple, birthday present or Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny because I always had problems receiving presents or compliments. I just couldn't, yeah. I didn't want to receive any presents. I was, I was, I was buying for people. Yeah. Now, when obviously I buy presents and that's fine. And when people, you know, get me stuff that is, that I don't like, for example, I said, well, you should know me. I don't like this. Yeah. So, you know, you know me. So don't, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't like this present. And I know this sounds very weird, but in the past, you know, I didn't really want people to know me either. You know what I'm saying? I kept myself in my own safe inside. So mm-hmm. it was just Nadia. She's strong. She can handle everything. Yeah. And nobody really knew what Nadia loved. Nobody mm-hmm. really knew Nadia's tastes because she was always on top of everything. 
controlling our emotions, very good at sales target, very good at everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, who is she? What does she love? So, yeah. so I also expect no, and, and there is an expectation, yes, I'm using the word, when I have a healthy relationship with people, and I'm not talking about material things necessarily, but I expect them as well to give back to me in yeah. the way they can give back to me. Yeah. So if I feel down, my best friend feels it and she'll ring me and she'll say, is everything fine? Mm-hmm. And that's all I need, you see? Yeah. And then I can talk. But it's not just me looking after everybody else. And if I feel down, oh, how can she feel down? You know? Because mm-hmm. that was the feeling I had as well that I created, by the way. I created this because yeah, yeah. I when people never re, never never really understood, would have understood if I had a rant or a fit or <laughs> saying what's what's happening here, because they would have said, My God. Yeah, who are you? Yeah. Again, that's that that's that problem, isn't it? When you finally run out of your own energy and you can't give any more, hmm? the resentment starts to kick in, the the yeah. you know, the anger starts to kick in, frustrations, yeah. and that's probably the only time you ever ask for anything. Yeah. Or tell that's everybody right. how right. you feel because you've taken so much you can't take it anymore that and you that, explode. Yeah, and that happened when I came to Ireland. Funnily enough, I said, Who's gonna take me to the airport? And then there was something very funny, I'm just reminding. And then we had even troubles. I mean, I obviously then a friend, you know, draw me to the airport. That wasn't a problem. But we even had discussions about this. And that actually triggered, I don't know, something in me. I said, what? You can't even take me to the airport. You know, I'd kind of a fit. I said, nobody can even do that for me. Mm. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah. my God. You yeah. know, and I said, how is this happening? You know? Yeah. And then I said, well, if, anyway, I'll not come back. I'll go and I will never come back anymore. No. <laughs> I'll go and stay the life, you know, all this <laughs> And then a bit of like, a, yeah, run for, you know, and, yeah. and then obviously things cooled down. I came here and mm. everything was fine, but uh, you're absolutely right. No, I just, I mean, it's not even expectations. I think it's natural, you know, when you are with human beings, as yeah. you said, interconnected. So yes, someday I'll have a, a bad day. Maybe my friend, my family will have a bad day as well. That's fine. But what I think, and I actually feel as well is because we are emotional beings is, well, you feel you know your loved ones you feel if they need you as well you know mm-hmm. i don't i don't feel i need to go in a in, in, in you know in a big argument to tell people that something is wrong with me yeah so but but again it's come it's coming back to who you're attracting into your life exactly because when you actually you know your cup is full then obviously you attract people are a bit different yeah and then these people will well i mean now my friend she'll know on my face she doesn't even need to talk to me yeah. <laughs> if i come into the door <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you what happened to you you know yeah. and then that's it and after yeah. five minutes you know we're laughing and back to normal yeah so that's what i've been missing for all these years as well being the real me but also genuinely letting my emotions you know come out and say right today i feel crap yeah. Uh, today I feel down because I was the control queen, you know. She's always in control of everything. Yeah, yeah. I guess you needed to be, didn't you, because of the things you'd already yeah. yeah. And that's interesting, like you said, you've changed your energy, you've changed your attraction style, the people that you've got in your life. Absolutely. There's a, there's a mutual exchange of energy, whereas yeah. before you were people when you were like, I'm having a bad day, and they were like, You well, I don't know what to do with that because you're here to look <laughs> exactly. after me, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, before we finish today, um, I'm going to get some details from how people uh, how people can get in contact with you uh, in a second. But firstly, you're offering a little bit of a freebie, right? You've got a meditation that you've got 
to offer yeah there is definitely there is a meditation to download it's just a mindfulness you know it's a short meditation yeah and i offer free discovery calls as well okay cool to get to know me yeah because uh, i never work with people unless they know again who i am how i work and mainly that i understand how i can help them you know yeah. so yeah yeah definitely i definitely agree with that um so if you want to get in touch with Nadia, you can uh, look in the show notes, the link for the uh, free meditation and the uh, complimentary call will be in the show notes. If you just want to say uh, for the for the process of people that want to listen, how do people get in contact with you? How can they reach out to you? Uh, well, uh, Instagram, emails, phone, uh, website, you know, I and think what's your website called www.nbhypnotherapy mindcoaching.com awesome uh, if you didn't get time to write that down again that'll all be in the show notes um yeah. if you have any parting words for the listeners something that they could take away to maybe think about yes. that implement immediately some wise words and and i always love to use that um i i love oprah winfrey you know she's she's just so inspiring to me and she always quotes martin luther king jr said not everybody can be not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness comes from service. So if I want just to say something to people is whatever you do in your life, first of all, fill your cup up and then try to be of service. However way you do it, you're a baker. Great. I have a friend. She's a baker. She bakes great scones and she makes people happy, me included. <laughs> uh, but it, it's very important to me to know who you are. And then be of service to the world because we've all been created for a reason. Awesome. So don't settle for less. So just be great, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. We're all great, you know, we just need to understand we're great. So. And your friend who makes the scones, jam or cream first? Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, definitely jam. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm in love scones, so I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit <laughs> Thank you so much, Nadia. Thank you. You're for- welcome. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yes, on the show. And if anybody wants to reach out, just go to the show notes, get in touch with Nadia, get your copy of that free uh, meditation. Um, thank you for listening today. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.